0: Greetings to those who watch below. Before we start today's Christmas Paranormal Special, I'd like to say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and a very Happy New Year to each and every single one of you that's watched the channel this past year. Honestly, all your support has been incredible. And that also brings me to the support of those who dwell below, an exclusive channel membership that gets you shout-outs at the start of every video. So thank you to Steffi Ray, Lisa Watts, Lefty Kim, M A Way, Julie B, Just Black Curtain, Chris B L K Chris, Canopsia, Tegan S, Taysos Karamaris, and Lt Punisher 666. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel, hitting that notification bell so that you never miss a video. But for now, sit back, cuddle up with that cozy cozy fire, and enjoy these Christmas paranormal tales. Tucking her in by Can Tun See It It was the Christmas holiday season and one morning when I was just getting home from work and my wife was getting ready to leave for work, she told me that something was tucking her in very gently at night and thought maybe it was a loved one that had passed. I was surprised and kind of forgot about it until a couple of weeks later she told me that it happened again and I tried to keep an open mind. In that house, she slept about three feet from the opposing mirrored closet hallway where I had had previous spirit experiences. I didn't like thinking about her being visited while I was at work and tried not to worry. My work schedule was typically four straight nights from six till six and on my fifth night, I would change my sleeping hours to sleep with my wife who usually went to bed about 10.30pm. I usually went to bed by 8pm and would be awakened up between 2 and 3 a.m. On one of those nights, I was awakened around 2.30 a.m. and both of my feet were being pulled down by a steady pull at the end of the bed. We left the outside Christmas lights on all night and there was enough light in the room to see our male Yorkie at the end of the bed looking down at the ground. I immediately sat up and looked over the end of the bed and saw nothing but solid wood to the floor below the covers as this bed had drawers underneath it. I'm guessing or thinking that whatever this was had probably slithered from the mirrored hallway. My wife wakes up from the movement, and I tell her that she wasn't kidding, and that I had just had my feet pulled down slowly at the end of the bed. She then tells me that she has had that happen also to her. It was kind of a cool experience. Fast forward to two days before Christmas, and I was off work for the holidays, so I was home sleeping with my wife in bed, and laying flat on my back, with my feet sticking straight up. My feet are a size 11, and my wife's are a size 6, so mine stuck up much higher in the bed, and were very close to the edge. It's early in the morning again, and I'm startled awake by extreme pain, as my toes are being bent straight down. There was some strength to pull the covers and my feet into the mattress. I immediately pulled my feet back up, and woke up my wife, this time, not getting up and looking over the edge of the bed, kind of distressed by it and didn't want to know what was pulling on the blanket. Over the next two nights, we decided to take the camera to bed and videotape to see what we could see. It was odd that while we were lying in bed, videotaping towards our feet, that our little Yorkie was on the edge of the bed looking down again. He normally laid right between us at the head of the bed. While filming, We had many dust orbs appear on the camera but some would come right at us and abruptly change direction. A couple of large orbs came off of the bed and shot up straight quickly. I never noticed the blanket puller happening again and hoped it was just a loved one who came around for the holidays. But we'll never know. Christmas in Siberia by Drake Ah, the holidays. A time for warmth, a time for joy, a time for sorcery, superstition, darkness, and oh yeah, boredom. At least, it is in Russia. It was December at last in the far eastern Russian territory of Promorsky, and I was very keen to experience a Christmas, now that I had friends and a girlfriend to share it with. I knew we'd be expected to spend time with Babushka, but that was a sacrifice I was willing to make. The Feast of Saint Nicholas came and went relatively well. It's a sort of Russian Thanksgiving, where family and friends gathered at a massive feast and talked about good times and bad times, and Babushka's neighbour got drunk, naked and passed out in her sauna. Thankfully, we found him in time before he got too dehydrated. Ah, the holidays. It turns out, the holiday season in Russia only starts with the feast of Saint Nick. Then there's new Christmas, which Catholics and some other Western religions celebrate on December 25th. Then there's New Year's, which, during the Soviet Union, was the biggest winter celebration of the year. Since Christmas was banned as a religious holiday, the Russians celebrated exactly as they would at Christmas, but on January 1st instead. Then, of course, there's Old Christmas, still celebrated on January 6th, as it was on the old calendar. The Christmas holiday breaks are so long and so many people are off work during the entire period on paid vacation, many, many Russians get bored about halfway through and long for returning to work. I also discovered that Christmas time, or New Year's time, was a traditionally superstitious period on the calendar. Party games popular during these festive, family-filled times of the year included fortune-telling, unique rituals designed to keep spirits away, and of course, one of the favourite holiday pastimes. The Ouija board. Now, don't worry, this won't be another Ouija board story. Through every December to January, tens of thousands of Russians do partake. Babushka even had one at her house. A traditionally round one that looked very old and had seen many, many seances over the years. It was around this festive time of year that I had my own Christmas horror. Although my girlfriend and I were swamped, trying to move into our new apartment building, we spent as much time with Babushka as we could. Pretty much every weekend we spent up at her Dhaka, going over the different holidays and how we'd arrange and schedule each one. In Babushka's household, they traditionally gave gifts in January, as they were an old and established Russian Orthodox family. We ended up working out a compromise, where my girlfriend and I would celebrate on December 25th, and we would have another celebration in January with her grandmother. Around January 2nd, we gathered our gifts and hired a taxi to take us out to the village. There was so much to transport that the train wasn't really realistic. Babushka greeted us at the door and supervised as we brought everything in. She was her typical forward self, lingering after kissing me in welcome and grabbing at me as I passed by her. She'd make comments like, Oh, how strong! and I'd respond by calling her terpki, which is slang for tart or other things. She'd laugh, and her beady little eyes would twinkle. She loved every moment of it. When we were done, I set myself up in one of the downstairs bedrooms. I've always been terrible at wrapping gifts. They end up looking like i my feet, with tape everywhere and seams exposed, revealing the items within. Dreading the prospect of wrapping, I waited until the last minute, and now had to finish wrapping everything for Babushka and my girlfriend's other immediate family. After a few minutes of focused failure, I heard a knock at the door. My girlfriend and her grandmother were going into the village centre to pick up dinner. I let them know what I wanted, and shortly after, I heard the front door to the Dhaka close. It didn't sink in at first, but this was the only time I'd been alone in Babushka's house i stayed there many, many times over the last couple of months, but there had always been at least one other person there with me. I worked steadily for 15 minutes or so before I was disturbed again by a tapping sound. I stopped and looked up, trying to work out where the noise might have come from. The room wasn't very large, and the windows were sealed tightly, so it couldn't have been a draft. A few seconds later, it resumed. Tap, tap, tap. I stood and walked over to the large picture window across the room from me and slid back the curtains. The windows were mostly iced over, but there didn't appear to be any movement. Testing the latches on each of the three windows, I verified they were securely latched. I had just slid the curtains back into their original position when I heard the tapping again. The sound definitely seemed as though it were coming from somewhere behind me. The door, perhaps. I exited the small bedroom and looked down the hall. At first, I assumed it was Babushka playing a trick on me. Tap, tap, tap. Leaving the hallway that led to the bedroom, I stepped out into the large living room where Babushka liked to entertain her guests. Every wall of the room was decorated in a lifetime's worth of small trinkets, photos, religious icons and the like. No fire was going, so the large room was quite cold, and I remember shivering a bit and rubbing my arms. Suddenly, I noticed something out of the corner of my eye. A form, dark against the colour of the light coming from the bedroom's open door down the hallway. I snapped my head around, but could see nothing. Only the long, narrow hallway and the glow of the lamps in the room where I had been working. The house was pretty disturbing all alone. So many odd angles and objects covering every surface. The shadows played strange tricks, moving while you were looking away and snapping to perfect stillness when I turned my attention to them. I walked in a circle around the living room, turning on lamps as I went. Even with all of them lit, the room only had a slight glow to it, not even enough light to read in, but Bushka did like things dark. Tap, 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 the sound had returned. I made my way out of the living room and toward the house's front door. The door was not locked, as is typical out in these villages, and I could make out the halo of a street lamp through the iced over glass in the centre of the door. Turning the knob very slowly, I pulled it open in an instant, expecting to catch some neighbour kid playing a trick. The outer world was entirely still. Light snow was falling, as soft and dry as talcum powder drifting down from the inky black sky above. No moon or stars, only the snow and the amber glow of the village's sodium streetlights reflecting off of the powder, giving everything a sharp golden aura. The only footsteps in the snow belonged to my girlfriend and her grandmother, moving from the front steps and down the street toward the centre of town. Even those footprints were quickly filling up, being erased by the night's winter storm. I searched around the perimeter of the house and no other footprints were visible. There were no birds, no animals around that I could see, only perfect stillness. My limbs were getting quite numb by the time I had made it to the front door of the house. I hadn't put on a jacket or anything prior to going out, and I was now feeling the results. Stepping back into the entry hall, I closed the door behind me and took a few steps back toward the living room. From this position in the house, I could tell the tapping sounds were not tapping after all. They were the sound of footsteps. It sounded as though there was someone in the room directly above the front entry hallway. The steps started and stopped, like someone was pacing, or possibly swaying or dancing to a rhythm. I moved very quietly back to the first floor bedroom and collected my cell phone as quietly as I could. If there was an intruder in the house, I wasn't going to let them know I was there. Taking each step very cautiously, I made my way up to the second floor and down the hall toward Babushka's bedroom, the room directly over the front entry. Her door was wide open and her curtains were all pulled back, allowing plenty of light from the street to enter the room. The first thing I noticed was a moving shadow, crossing back and forth in front of the wall across from the doorway. Back and forth, In a steady rhythm, it flowed over the surface of the wall directly across from me. Taking a few more cautious steps, I lifted my phone and tapped 102, police emergency, into the touch surface, ready to place the call if necessary. Moving closer to the doorway of her room, I changed my position, so I could see further around the corner. The source of the shadow was coming from some sort of blanket or shawl, or something that was hanging over the arm of the chair, swaying back and forth as if a steady wind was blowing on it, but all the windows were sealed. That was about enough for me. I turned immediately, rushed down the stairs and out the front door, following what was left of the footprints, to meet up with my girlfriend and her grandmother. When I explained what had happened, Babushka sighed, rolled her eyes and scoffed. I told you the house was haunted. Basil Brush, Is That You? By Noceda M. This experience involved a number of people, but I will share my experience and my parents also. Roughly five years ago, my dad and his best friend of 25 plus years were out in the bay doing what they love, fishing. My dad's best friend was Basil, a practical joker with a love for rum. Whilst fishing, my dad heard a drop and the boat rocked violently. Basil was having a heart attack. My dad, with having worked on boats his whole life, is trained in first aid and CPR, and performed CPR straight away. But Basil passed within minutes. The funeral was beautiful, and we all got to say goodbye the way our mate Basil Brush would have wanted. A few months later, and it was almost Christmas time, Joey, who is Basil's wife, and my mum were very close when I was younger, the best of friends but fell out. After Basil died, Mum would ask Joey to come and stay with them, to keep her company and really watch over her. Joey had no family, no one really, apart from her sister and Basil. This is one of my mum's experiences. I also forgot to mention that when Basil died, a small part of his ashes were given to my dad. My mum, dad and Joey were all sitting under the patio, having a few pre-Christmas drinks. Joey's handbag was in the middle of the table, with quite a bit of stuff in it. You know what we carry in our bags, ladies. All of a sudden, it dropped straight onto the concrete, and Mum said they all just froze, shrugged it off, and thought, how strange. Within half an hour, Mum's pasta jars were falling off of the shelves in the kitchen. They put it down to the dryer in the laundry, which is on the other side of the wall, although the dryer was never on or even used. These jars falling off shelves started flying across the room, hitting the floor and never smashing. Now my parents were getting creeped, but they still never thought they had a ghost. They don't believe in things like that. Things escalated over the next few days, getting closer to Christmas Day. Mum told me that when she would turn the TV on in the lounge room, the other TV in the family room would turn off and vice versa. Mum thought it was Dad, just taking the piss, but he swore it wasn't him. This continued to happen for the next two or three nights. One morning, they awoke to find a photo of my dad, Basil, and two other friends at their high school reunion, smashed in the middle of the frame. Like just a small dot, that really looked like a gunshot, or someone had hit it with a small hammer. But no glass was anywhere, it was all still perfectly in the frame. It was sort of becoming a joke in the family, when my parents would tell my partner and I because they still thought there were logical reasons for these things happening. Needless to say, the day I saw a jar fly across the kitchen bench to the living room and did not smash, I was creeped. I had grown up in this home for almost six years, and unfortunately, a young baby had died there just before we moved in. The house never scared me though, and I never felt watched or uncomfortable. Later on in April, my parents asked my partner and I to house-sit for three weeks for them whilst they holiday in Bali. We couldn't wait. At this stage, we were living with my now-in-laws, and any chance to house-sit we would take. Honestly, the things that happened around Christmas were minor to us all, although we could never get our heads around what had been happening previously. We had the house to ourselves. My partner and I decided to have a comedy channel binge on an early night. I hurried to the shower because I was keen to go sit back down again. When I was in the shower, I felt like I was being watched. The next minute, something blew on my ear and touched my back, like someone's fingers running down my back. I got such a fright, I couldn't open the shower door and just fell out, breaking the door off the tracks. I told my partner what had happened and he was freaked. He said he could see how scared I was, so we both got our bags and my parents' dog, and we were off, back to the in-laws. We went back the next day, but didn't stay the night until the next. Eventually, Mum and Dad gave Joey the ashes they were given back. They told her it was to see if anything was happening once they were gone, but it didn't. Joey has never offered them back. We know Basil liked to play jokes on people, but those jars could have hurt someone, to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline. Christmas was ruined for multiple years by True Fake Adult. This story started when I was about four or five years old. My grandma was a Sunday school teacher at one of our local churches It was coming up to Christmas time, and the church had planned a special auction for people to bid on and win prizes, and the money would go to the homeless shelter that was run by our church. The Sunday school classes all had some sort of craft or snack that they were going to make for the fundraiser, as well as the staff giving out things like gift cards, free music lessons, and things like that. I was in the elementary age group, and we had been picked to design a special Christmas ornament, So the day rolled around, and we made the ornament. And it was hideous. Let's be real, who would want an ornament designed by a bunch of kids who aren't even 10 yet? My grandma, being the kind lady she was, told us she loved the ornament so much that she wanted to keep it, and that she would buy a very nice one for the raffle. That year, grandma hung it on her tree, and we had the worst luck ever. All the kids were cranky, griping, and just having multiple meltdowns all during Christmas dinner. Well, I should say what was left of Christmas dinner, because our oven somewhere along the course of the day broke, and so food either got burnt to shit, or it was not cooked at all, and most of it had to be thrown away. Then, to top it all off, my mum had finally moved us kids to our own place for Christmas, and on the way there, we got into a car accident. Nothing major, thank God. No injuries, Just some minor body repair work for mum's car. And the bad luck kept rolling in. Things like our cat going missing during our move and just random stuff. And Christmas at grandma's continued to just be the ones where nothing went right for years. It was now 2005 and I was 13 and excited for Christmas break. Everything was fine until Christmas Eve came and my grandma put that stupid ornament on her tree. I'd been fine all day, but started feeling very sick during opening gifts on Christmas Eve. My mum said for me to go lay down, and that I could open my gifts later. I dozed off for a few hours, but then woke up in the most excruciating pain I'd ever felt. I couldn't move, all I could do was yell for someone to come in and help me. It was so bad, my grandpa just said fuck it, and called an ambulance. I missed Christmas that year due to my appendix rupturing and having to have emergency surgery. I did get to open my gifts when I got home and mum let me pick a special dinner of whatever I wanted and I chose Taco Bell. By this time the tree was down and the ornament was put away and everything was great. The next year we decorated the tree and put the ornament up early since my whole family was going out of state to visit relatives of my mum and grandma. As soon as it went up, little things started happening. People couldn't find their luggage to pack. Our washer broke, so anything we needed to wash to take with us had to be left behind since we couldn't wash them. We had to... We got to the airport, only to be told a major storm had kicked up and that we would have to wait until the flight we needed could make it safely and spent 11 hours in an airport before just deciding to go home. Mum and us walked through our front door, only to find that our neighbours, who were supposed to watch our dog, had left her inside, and she had peed and pooped everywhere and chewed up our couch. So, Merry Christmas to us, we got a new couch and a new carpet. The next year was bad again, worse than ever before. It was when we eventually started putting two and two together about the ornament. We went to Grandma's on Christmas Eve and put the special ornament on the tree like always, and immediately, it fell off and broke. So, my grandma sat it on her fireplace mantle instead. Within the night, my aunt came strolling through the door late. Puffy eyes, scratches and cuts all over her face and arms, torn jacket. When we asked what had happened, she told us that her husband, my uncle, had been doing drugs. She confronted him, and he had attacked her. She called the police and watched them nearly beat him to death in their driveway, and then haul him off to jail. You think it stops there, but it doesn't. My dog somehow got out of the yard and was hit and killed by a car. We didn't know until we got home. My grandpa was going downstairs to come check on us after finding our dog, and fell all the way down the steps, breaking his hip. After everything seemed to settle down, my grandma, with the help of my other uncle, took all the Christmas stuff down and put it away. As my uncle picked up the ornament, he told my grandma it gave him a weird feeling, and he didn't like it. He also asked that since it was broken, could he throw it away? My grandma said no, because it was special. So we packed it up and brought up these weird feelings to my mum and aunt Slater, and they all agreed it made them feel strange too. Then my mum pointed out that every Christmas we had since the ornament was made had all been ruined, and suggested that maybe the ornament had something to do with it they all agreed the next year my mum and aunts tried to convince my grandma not to put up the ornament it took a bit of time but grandma begrudgingly agreed no ornament that year and guess what that christmas was still kind of weird but nowhere near as bad as it had been my family again had a bunch of minor things happen the power went out my other aunt this time was late because there was roadworks all over the city, and we wound up ordering a pizza for Christmas dinner, because nobody felt like cooking, and when we received the pizza, part of the order was missing. That year, after taking all the decorations down, my mum stole the ornament, brought it home, and we burned it, and buried it in the yard. Ever since then, Christmas has been awesome. I don't know exactly what was wrong with the ornament, if it was cursed, or possessed, or what but I sure am glad that it's gone now. Hi there guys, thank you so much for listening to these Christmas stories. I really hope you enjoyed them. If you did, make sure to leave a like, and also subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. As I said at the beginning, I hope you all have a fantastic Christmas, an amazing holidays, and a very, very happy new year. I'll be back in a few days with some more truly creepy stories. So... Until next time, sleep tight and silent night. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.